When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as uh, simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Welcome, everybody, to the Boiler Alert Podcast. With you, as always, I'm your host, Andrew Ledman. Brian Bonaparte. There we go. We're ready to record now, folks. Uh, got a lot of stuff on the podcast, even though it is the offseason. Uh, surprisingly busy uh, this last week. So we're going to talk most of uh, the Purdue schedule-related stuff and the new basketball hire in the second half. In the first half, I want to give a shout-out to a Purdue athlete and then do something a little less serious um, after that, but still college football related. So uh, I don't know if anybody saw, but Purdue men's golf had their first All-American in 21 years. Uh, so oh, yeah. that that is pretty great. Um, and I'm I'm apologize. I'm gonna butcher this guy's name, uh, Herman Sekni, uh, All-American for Purdue. Like I said, first one in 21 years. I cannot pretend, um, you know, to be an expert on college golf, um, especially. Uh, you know, someone who follows the All-American squads or anything like that. But anytime you can get a Purdue player on an All-American team, I'm going to give him a shout-out uh, anytime I can because we here at Boiler Alert are nothing if not homers, as we've said time and time again. Um, so the one thing you need to know is we've always been huge uh, Purdue golf fans. So that's what you need to know. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, I mean, Ryan can tell you. Ryan, Ryan can go back years, uh, years at a time and give you every yeah. player on the roster. Uh, but we don't have time for that today. Right. We just don't have time for it. Otherwise, we would. Forever, but... so never call me out on yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's going to be one of those uh, things that uh, Jimmy Kimmel always used to say, you know, sorry sorry for Matt Damon, uh, we ran out of time. 
So it's it's just going to be the thing we'll try to save for last. Uh, we just we don't know if we'll ever get. To. So okay. now on to uh, the college football related thing. Uh, Ryan, I don't know if you saw this. I really hope you haven't, um, because I want to get your genuine reaction as I read it to you. Okay. Um, this is a tweet from uh, World Herald Huskers, which is apparently part of the Omaha World Herald, which I guess is uh, a local newspaper, the local newspaper in Nebraska. Uh, this is from okay. a writer uh, named Tom Chattel, and he's apparently been uh, writing about Nebraska sports for quite a few years if you look at his Twitter bio. Uh, but here is the tweet accompanying his story. Are you ready for this? Mm, I, okay. Have you do you it's have Nebraska you seen this at all? I have not, but okay. it's Nebraska, so it can't be good. Yeah, buckle in. Here here's right. the here's the tweet promoting the story. Michigan, UCLA, USC, and Ohio State all on tap in conference for twenty twenty five. This is the world the Huskers live in now. It beats slumming it in the Big Ten West. Bring it on, but with a new world comes adjustment, writes Tom Chattel. Oh boy. So what jumps out to you about that tweet? Is it something in the corn in Nebraska that just <laughs> inflates their heads? It's got to be. It's got. I don't understand it. Slumming it in the Big Ten West, sir. You have never won the Big Ten West. Never. Not once oh. in the existence of the Big Ten West has Nebraska finished at the top of the division. Do not say you're slumming it if you cannot win the damn division. Uh, <laughs> what is uh, with these Nebraska people? Nebraska football equals IU basketball. Yeah, we've said it before on this podcast, but it can't be said enough. There, there is just, there is no college football team I think that has a more inflated sense of themselves than the Nebraska Cornhuskers, and it is just it blows my mind. They were so desperate. They were one of those squads that were like. You know, we've got to bring back Big Ten football during uh, COVID, and they they were one of the teams that was like, they were going to sue the conference, and they were going to go parade outside the headquarters, and then when it got brought back, they were like, oh, you can all thank us for this, them and Ohio State, but at least Ohio State is good. Um, Nebraska has not been good since the early 90s, or maybe mid-90s, I might be being a little too stupid. Yeah, there, like but, 95. Yeah, yeah. 95 seems right, but like... I just, what is it with them? Like, what is going on? There's not much to do in Nebraska, so you kind of just have to write things and stir up conversation, I think. I guess. I guess 1997 was their last national title. Um, so I don't we... like that. I was born that year. <laughs> but, I mean, it, 1997 is currently the year of our Lord, 2023. So that is, that is a 26-year difference right there. It is. Yep. Your, your last national title is of drinking age. It's time to move on. You know, you can't... Mm -hmm. you, you're talking about glory days that your students weren't alive for. Move past it. Figure it out. You know, yep. uh, you've been in the Big Ten for a number of years, and you've done exactly jack squat. So I am so tired of hearing about how good Nebraska is and what a coup it was for the conference to bring in Nebraska. It's absolutely just so annoying to me. Just outrageous. They were just slumming it with Scott Frost. Yeah, that is true. Uh, Scott Frost, or as I like to call him, Landry from Friday Night Lights, um, just no business being a uh, Division One head football coach. 
But, you know, you get the millions, so he's he's going to be doing just fine, um, even though he did get fired. But, you know, I guess you got to do what you got to do. Mm-hmm. I want to do that. I want to get fired and be paid. I know, right? I, I, it's it's the, it's just getting to that point. You know, you got to put in a yep. lot of hard work, a lot of low-paying jobs until you get to uh, be in a spot where someone trusts you with the millions of dollars uh, to right. fire you. So that's the just tough part. One. It's like the lottery. You just need to do it once. Yeah, yeah. You just got to hope you can get it one time. And then after that, really, as long as you take care of yourself and, and don't spend money like an idiot, you should be fine. Right, exactly. Yeah, and just don't tell anybody um, when you win the lottery. That's just my tip for you. Uh, if you suddenly become a multimillionaire, just disappear. Just don't tell mm-hmm. anyone. Vanish. Leave the country if you have to. Uh, you'll be much happier. So, um, man, I, I just I saw that Nebraska tweet when I just happened to log into Twitter at some point today, and it was just like the gall of, of this writer, the gall of these people. But – Luckily, because it was on Twitter, they were just getting absolutely dragged uh, in the quote mm-hmm. tweets and in the comments. So uh, that was good to see. So I, I was happy that I was happy that they were getting at least a little uh, pushback on that. Because my goodness, just my goodness. All right, uh, yeah. just Sometimes Twitter does the right thing. Yes, it's very rare, but uh, they they do do the right thing. And as someone posted in the replies, uh, what do you think Nebraska's best? conference record since 2017 is since 2017 yeah um playing nine excluding covid i would probably say probably five and four you would be way too generous really in 2017 2017 they were three and six 2018 three and six 2019 three and six 2020 three and five 2021 one and eight 2022, 3-6. and six. Wow. So, it really appears that the rest of the Big Ten West is slumming it by playing Nebraska. Yeah, pretty much. So, you know, they're bringing everybody down. And they lost you in a 1-11 uh, Northwestern team. Uh, excuse me, sir. Those That is the Ireland national champion, Northwestern. Right. So, please right. put please put some respect on their name. You're right. You're right. So, Thank you. Nebraska, bad on U.S. soil, bad on foreign soil. Got it. <laughs> They're losers in two countries. So there Maybe you go. Maybe can play on the moon. Well, that's next. Uh, interplanetary <laughs> losers. Um, right. All right, folks. Now that's U- UCF. Yeah. <laughs> that's a whole other thing. We'll, we may Maybe we'll talk about that in the next one. Um, so there's the first half the pod when we're going to take a break we're going to come back we're going to talk about the new hire for purdue men's basketball talk about a new game that was just announced for purdue basketball next year as well as the 2024 and 2025 uh big 10 schedule we'll be right back (laughs) why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them with royal caribbean you don't just go to the beach you visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in north america You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. 
Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here as in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And we are back. So I'm going to stick with football, and then we'll, we'll transition into basketball in the back half here. So um, this past week, the Big Ten announced how they're going to do the 2024 and 2025 conference schedules. And you may be thinking to yourself, why is this important? Why does this matter? Uh, well, in case you've forgotten, in 2024, uh, the Big Ten will, will allow the entry of UCLA and USC all the way over in California. So uh, scheduling is going to be a little bit more difficult, a little bit tougher, and... Uh, we got news on who Purdue will play in those two years. Um, but Ryan, do you happen to have up the protected rivalries that they announced? I I know ours by heart. I do not know all of them. I mean, they're pretty set in stone, though. I mean, you know the big rivalries in football. Um, for yeah. us, making it simple, we get to play two teams every single year. Mm-hmm. Indiana and Illinois. Which is great for us, I would say. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Um, I definitely know they protected the game every year. That yeah. was pretty obvious. Could you imagine if they didn't? If they were like, you know, we don't really think we're going to have protected rivalries at all. And they just, like, left that out. It would be incredibly uh, uh, hilarious. Yep. Imagine, the, imagine the anger from Michigan and Ohio State fans. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Michigan 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 State rivalry gets to be upped every single year. Uh, Illinois gets to play Northwestern every year because that's a matchup. Yeah, so I, I've got them all, and I just think some of them are weird uh, the way they protected them. Um, so Maryland Rutgers is one that they protected. Okay. They have only played thirteen times in their history. Uh, but Just for some reason, bring the expansion teams together. Yeah, for some reason, uh, it's a protected one. Illinois, Purdue, Wisconsin, Iowa, which makes sense. They they play for the Heartland Trophy. Uh, they've played ninety six times. It's a pretty close rivalry. Wisconsin leads forty five forty nine to forty five uh, with two ties. Uh, Nebraska and Iowa, which I guess is a the thing. They play for something called the Heroes Trophy. 
I, uh, I guess. Uh, yeah, I didn't even know. Um, apparently, <laughs> apparently the trophy only goes back to 2011. Um, but either way, Illinois Northwestern that again is one that makes sense. You know, in-state rivals. So I'll accept that. Purdue IU, of course, Old Oak and Bucket. Got to have that one. Um, UCLA USC, which makes sense again, in-state rivals. Uh, Minnesota, Iowa, which makes sense. They always play each other for the Floyd of Rosedale. Okay, that's the pig, right? Uh, yes, it is. Yes, it okay. is. Um, and then we've got Michigan, Michigan State, where they play for Paul Bunyan. Um, then Minnesota, Wisconsin, they play for Paul Bunyan's axe. And then, of course, as you mentioned at the top, Michigan, Ohio State. No trophy, but they don't really need one. Um it's a it's a bragging rights game. Obviously, huge uh, implications in the conference, but it's uh, it's pretty important game there. But did you notice as I was reading those if anything or anyone was left out? Is there a Penn State? Robert? There is not. Okay. Excellent catch. Huh. Excellent catch. Yeah, Penn State has no protected rivals uh, in the Big Ten conference, so that means every year they will get nine different games. So. Huh. Uh, nine different opponents every year for Penn State, whereas Purdue will have seven different opponents every year uh, because we will be playing Illinois and IU every single season. I think Purdue might have gotten the best out of the protected yeah, rivalry. I mean, absolutely, absolutely. Um, Illinois, of course, doing better recently, um, but you know, Purdue still played them tough, uh, beat them, and then we stole their defensive coordinator. So a uh, little extra boost to that rivalry there. But overall, I think Purdue... Um, came out on the good end of this and it's just so weird that Penn State has no one. Uh, yeah, they they're on an island. Yeah. That's... You thought maybe they would try to pigeonhole somebody but uh in there, but I guess not. Um so there we go. Now, we've got that out of the way. So in twenty twenty four, um I'll go over the non conference as well, um just so everybody knows where we're at, but uh, in, we've got Indiana State and Notre Dame at home, and then we travel to Oregon State. And, Ryan, it sounds like you might be going to that game. I mean, we'll have to see. But yeah, it's a long yeah, ways away. But... out in Oregon. Yeah. It, I, have, I have family who lives within an hour of that stadium. So definitely an uh, easy excuse to go visit some family. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, that's something to look forward to. I've never been... Um, out to that part of the West Coast. I've only been to California myself, so could be interesting for you. Now, yeah. caveat with the schedules released, they only gave uh, gave us home and away. They didn't tell us dates. They didn't tell us times. Uh, that will be coming in the future. But we know um, in 2024, on the road, Purdue will go to Illinois, IU, Michigan State, and Maryland. And then at home, they've got the team that slums it in the Big Ten West, Nebraska, Northwestern, Penn State, and then Big Ten newcomer USC uh, in 2024. USC coming into Ross Aid Stadium. I mean, that's that's not awful. I know. Um, I they also the same go thing. to Wisconsin. They also go to Wisconsin. Oh yeah, that's true. I did miss a game on that. That is, I don't know how I did that. Yeah. So that that obviously that one is tough. Um, you never never really expect Purdue uh, to walk away with a victory when they're playing at Wisconsin. Right. So. What do, you, what do you think of that schedule overall? That's not the worst schedule. It's, you know, it's going to be Ryan Walters year two, so he'll have a year of Purdue football under his belt. Your four hardest games are going to be Notre Dame, USC, Penn State, and Wisconsin. We all understand those four games are rough, 
But three of those are at home. So if that gives you any hope, sure. I I like the pull on that one. Um, more so than 2025. We'll get to that. Mm-hmm. 2024 is pretty lenient, and it's not the end of the world. We don't go to California, so you don't have to go that way, but you go to the West Coast to go to Oregon State. So that's your caveat. Right. But so you get to go coast to coast. We get to play at Maryland and in Oregon. So Yeah, that's... I, I, I wonder if a Purdue team has ever covered both coasts like that in the same season. Um, I know we've played we U.S. The Foster Farms Bowl? Well, I'm not counting bowl games. Not counting bowl games. Okay. Because I know we've played USC before during the regular season. We played them during Drew Brees' uh, first year as a starter. Uh, we lost that game. But then, of course, we've also played Hawaii in the regular season. Um, but I right. I don't remember who else Purdue played that year. But I would imagine this would would be up there, playing Maryland and at you know in California as far as most miles traveled from one opponent to another. Yeah, it seems reasonable. Um, it's yeah this this is the new norm. You're you're gonna have to be on flights almost every single week. It seems like now. Yeah, or at least probably two or three times as many as before. Yeah, I mean it's it's going to be very very exhausting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just wait till we start adding more teams to this conference too. Yeah, and those could be West Coast teams. Who knows? Yeah, it's uh, it definitely you know for the person who's going to be in charge of of travel, it just must be an absolute nightmare for them. They've they've oh, yeah. got to just be so incredibly stressed, especially for like the managers who drive the equipment. Oh no, thank you. <laughs> No, thank you. Or even like the Reamers, who I know it's not official football, you know, affiliation, but you drive the Boilermaker Express or Boil- the special. I was, whew, I was about to kick you off the podcast, son. I got this. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. So the special, um, it's. I don't envy those people. No, no. Um, so I'm looking. I looked up the 2006 season, which is when Purdue played at Hawaii. Um, okay. Just to kind of, for my own edification, it looks like they really didn't go that far um, anytime else. Um, We had away games at Notre Dame, at Iowa, at Northwestern, and then at Michigan State and at Illinois. So we were all relatively close, uh, nothing on on the East Coast that year um, either Mm -hmm. way. So uh, this this will be interesting just because of the amount of travel. Um, that Purdue has to have, you know, yeah. uh, the USC fans and U- UCLA fans have no pity for us because they've got to travel, um, you know, that far for every away game, uh, more right. or less. So it's going to be really, really tough on them. Yeah. So my question is, if you have a team like, um, like your Rutgers or your Maryland or your Penn State who has to travel to one of these, like if if a team's going overseas. They get to play a week zero and have that extra bye week. Yeah. This is almost just as far if you were to go to London versus if you're going to Los Angeles. Yeah, I mean, but, but they can't do that. They have There's too many teams have to play. Right. So it's almost like it's an interesting work that you, you know, you, it it's the Big Ten for bringing them in, but it's interesting that that's how that might play out. Yeah, it's so. it's going to be tough. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. You know, we're going to see 
how the the athletes from UCLA and USC do in week 12, you know, in week right. 13. Um, are they tired? Are they exhausted? How have they handled the travel? Because I know, I mean, they're athletes, they're in great shape, they're, you know, 18 to 23-year-olds, whatever it may be, and mm-hmm. they're used to this kind of grind, but adding on multiple hours each flight, each way, is going to be tough. Um, so right. we, we will see how they handle it, and especially if they're coming out to the East Coast or to the Midwest, and they've got, you know, a three-hour time difference, and they're kicking off at noon every day, or every Saturday. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's going to be a change, too, so... Um, they've got a weather. Yeah. Well, the weather too. Uh, so they've got a lot of changes that they're going to have to handle, uh, coming up. But Ryan, you said you are not as optimistic about the 2025 schedule. So, um, I'm going to read that and then I want to hear why. All right. Mm -hmm. Okay. So non-conference in 2025 versus ball state versus UConn and then at Notre Dame. Now, again, same caveat for the 2025. We don't know. Um, in what order these games are, I don't believe, or uh, the dates or anything like that. So we know on the road, uh, Purdue faces Michigan, Northwestern, Rutgers, and UCLA. And then at home, they've got Illinois, IU, Iowa, Minnesota, and Ohio State. Um, So what about that schedule do you find that much more difficult than 2024? Um, Those top four games are... uh... They're a doozy at Notre Dame, at Michigan State, at UCLA, and home against Ohio State. Wait, isn't it at Michigan, not Michigan State? Or at Michigan, yes, not okay. Michigan State. So at Michigan, you play both Michigan and Ohio State, UCLA, and uh, Notre at Notre Dame. Yeah, yeah, and you got Ooh, three boy. of three of those four on the road. Right. So it's that doesn't look as promising, but the caveat to that is Ball State, UConn, Northwestern, Indiana, and Rutgers and Illinois in there too. Yeah. And you so, and you hope you hope um a game like Minnesota is going to be one where Purdue remains competitive. Um these two teams, Minnesota and Purdue, have been kinda neck and neck since the Brom Fleck hires, so let let's hope right. it continues that way or else Purdue surpasses. But yeah. There's not a not a lot of gimmies on that conference schedule. Yes. So, uh, and same with Iowa. Purdue's just had Iowa's number. Yeah. So. Except for um, last year. Except for last yeah. year. When yeah, we needed it, it most. Mm-hmm. It happens. But, um, so, there, there's, some, there's some real beasts on there that you just don't look forward to. But, again, it's year three of... Coach Walters, so we'll hope he can make this program ascend even further. Yeah. And if they're competitive in this schedule, we're we're happy, right? Yeah, yeah, I think so. Um, and especially the way he's hit the transfer portal and what he's done, which we hope we will see dividends for on the defensive side of the ball. Um, it's going to be really interesting to see how this team comes together. So, it you know, it's impossible to look ahead two years well, I guess three years, um, three seasons ahead and kind of figure out who's going to be a tough game and who's going to be on this Purdue roster and how they'll be competing. Um, So I don't think it's worth, you know, kind of estimating where we'll be in conference season, but it's just good to know who we will be playing. So that picture is definitely coming together more and more now. So any any final thoughts on uh, Big Ten changes and what we can look forward to in 2024, 2025? 
Well, we can look forward to not playing the Wisconsin Badgers in 2025. There you go. And that, so, and that is a good thing. Yes, it is very. Yeah. So, all right. We've got two other bits of news, uh, both basketball-related. So, number one is it appears Purdue has added yet another marquee opponent for their 2023-2024 basketball schedule. Um, when I believe Slightly. I believe John Rothstein uh, announced it first, or at least he was who I saw it first. Purdue is mm-hmm. adding Arizona to their non-conference mm-hmm. schedule. And this has got to be the most packed non-conference schedule I have ever seen. Yeah. Yeah, it is. I mean, Xavier at home in the Gavit games, Alabama in Toronto, um, and then you go and play in Maui, which has the likes of Kansas, Gonzaga, Marquette, Tennessee, UCLA, and Syracuse. And Purdue has three games in in Maui um, because it's one of those, like, even if you lose, you go to a loser's bracket and then you play because it's like you came all the way to Maui, so everybody's going to – everybody gets their money's worth – uh, of three games out there, but of course there is. You did miss the powerhouse Chaminade, um, who is in this tournament. But but yeah, I mean this is like just an absolute monster of a non-conference schedule for Purdue, and mm-hmm. I'm sure Painter did this intentionally, hoping that he would have Edie back. Um, thinking my my thought is when they started doing this scheduling that they thought this was gonna 2023 2024 was gonna be the year where they could get to the Final Four. Um, mm-hmm. because they thought the freshmen would be a little older. They thought Zach wouldn't maybe progress more in this coming year, and they would be ready. Um, so that is my hope, that they're really pushing this schedule to test this team, get them a good uh, ability to get a good seed in March, and, and move forward uh, in that direction. Do you think that makes sense? Oh, absolutely, yep. Um, this, I mean, for all intents and purposes, Purdue – overachieved in the first you know in the regular season last season yeah absolutely so this it you know if you go by progression which matt painter's good at progressing players um we the the schedule is made for just a gauntlet but as you said that's to bolster that seed in march yeah yeah which I can already hear the people saying, well, the seed in March didn't do anything for them this year. They were once. Shut up. Don't care. It happened. It's over. We're moving on. We're getting past it. Play the game. That's yep, right. Gotta play the game. All we can do is come back in the next year. I can't, I can't change what happened in 2023 in the NCAA tournament. So that's all that, that I can say about that. It happened. Let's move on. So last piece of news um, Ryan, I heard Purdue hired someone new on the basketball team. Can you tell me a little bit about what happened? Yeah. So, um, you want me to start way back when, when I went to high school with him? Or you want <laughs> me to start now? No, you can just start with what happened now. <laughs> yeah. So, Purdue got a new coach on its uh, new coach in one of the slots it is Sasha Stefanovic. That's right. So, if you haven't checked in too, too lately. Sasha did go and play overseas, and he was in that league for a little bit, and then actually announced that he was retiring from basketball. Okay. Yeah, after after only one year. Yeah. I mean, you test the waters, and you see, and maybe this had to do with the fact that now he's coming over to join the Matt Painter coaching tree, and he will be able to coach up some of his former teammates, too. Yeah, which... 
I, I'm excited for him, but don't you think that would just feel a little weird? First, yeah, but I mean, um, it's it's almost to the point where this happens so often under Coach Painter that you almost you almost pick out players like, all right, you're going to be a coach one day. Yeah. So like, you've just got that knack for being able to help your teammates and uh, show them how to do things properly. Like you could coach others. Some people do not have that. Right, right. Yeah, I mean, it's you could see that same thing with P.J. Thompson. Um, obviously, P.J. Thompson, a hell of a player, uh, always had a knack for finding a big shot, but you could tell just the way he interacted on the court and the way him and Painter always spoke um, with one another that maybe he would want to go into coaching, and sure enough, he is on Painter's staff. Now, Sasha's role officially um, is director of player personnel, now, you may be asking yourself, you know, how is Painter keeping all these guys on staff? Um, because there have has been in the past a limit on the number of coaches that you could have. But this past January, the NCAA changed and modernized its coaching rules. So they added uh, basically two coaching spots for teams in both men's and women's basketball. Um they take effect. They take effect uh, July one. So technically, I don't believe he's on staff until July one. Um, it also changes like who can recruit and when they can recruit and all those things that are honestly too uh, far into the weeds for us to care about here on the podcast. But um, it gave Painter the opportunity to bring folks back into the fold. So it sounds like that is really why um, Sasha was able to come back to uh, to Purdue. So it's you know it's really exciting when you can have guys who are in the program come back, stay home, and hopefully be your best salesman. Um, and I really hope that is the case with Sasha. Um, you know, he didn't get that Final Four that, that every Purdue player comes through once, but maybe he can be part of a part of a team and a coaching staff that, that builds the program back and gets them to that Final Four finally. For sure, yep. So, so I mean, do you have any – do you have any um, – delicious scoop on Sasha now that you went to knowing that you went to high school with him do we need to know anything specific I mean not per se um you can look up so the fondest memory I have of watching Sasha Stavanovich play basketball was at Crown Point High School uh it was sectionals in 2016 now this kind of where um Sasha hit a game winner Game-winning three. I'm sorry, not a game-winning three. It was a three descended into overtime that okay. that Crown Point would later win. However, it was still a buzzer beater. Um, and I think the gym at that point almost rivaled a Mackey Arena to where it's almost just, like, deafening. That's bold. That's a bold take. Yeah, I mean, good times. So you knew he had ice in his veins from an early point at yeah. that point. And then you saw what he did at Purdue. So. Right, right. So uh, if he can show that shooting touch and get some others to uh, to be able to do that, watch out. Yeah, yeah. It's always it's always good to have a shooter on the staff, you know, who can help um, go through some, some motions, help them with their form, do all that kind of stuff. It's all the titles they give these guys are kind of, you know, squishy anyway director of player personnel i mean what does that really mean uh, who knows who knows what his official duties will be but i would imagine he'll be out there doing everything he can and kind of looking to build his future in the in the coaching ranks but it's just 
I am always glad to see Purdue guys uh, find their way back home. You know, we've got, um, you know, Kenny Lowe, Brian Cardinal, PJ Thompson, and now Sasha Stefanovic have all, um, you know, been associated with the Purdue program in recent years. And you just Grady love to Eifert. see that to me. Yeah, Grady Eifert as well. So uh, I'm just, I'm very happy to see these guys come home. And um, I hope Painter continues to find ways to, to help the guys he recruited really yeah. go forward in their careers because I think that can help him on the recruiting trail as well to show that even if you're not a guy who's destined for the NBA, you may be a role player, you may be a specialist in one uh, spot or another, he can say, look, right. I look out for my guys. You know, I do everything I can for them, and I help them uh, advance their career, whether that be on the court or off. So I, I think that's a good selling point as well. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so – Anything else before we head out? Hopefully uh, we see another 3-6 and six Nebraska conference yep. schedule. There we week. go. Let's leave it there. 3-6 and six Nebraska. Let's go, baby. Slumming it. <laughs>